0: I got swine flu.
1: By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Stephen Chrysanthus. Before we get to Stephen, here's a few announcements. Our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there and see articles that I've written, see some articles that some of the guests have written. So You can see links to the guests' social media. You can see links to our social media, which is, of course... Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's links to our Facebook page. Follow us on all those. I would appreciate it. We have links to Apple Podcasts. We have links to Stitcher Radio. But we're also on Spotify. We're also on iHeartRadio. So listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. And please subscribe. And I please ask that you give us a good rating because that helps more people find the show because it boosts our presence on those platforms. And I would appreciate that. You think you'd be good for the show? Maybe you know somebody who'd be good for the show. Maybe you want to write me. You got some travel questions. Maybe you want to just say nice things. You can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's get right to it. Stephen Chrysanthus, a guy I met through Jeanette Seha, another connection through Jeanette. He was in town a few years ago we met, and then we reconnected again on the same trip to Bucharest with our good friend Tudor Maxim, so thank you, Tudor, for hosting us in Bucharest. And Tudor also took us to Transylvania for another media excursion. And Stephen and I have kept in contact ever since. He's moved around a lot. When I met him, he was working in Florida, but he also lived in Manhattan for seven years. He worked for a number of years in Cabo San Lucas. And we recorded this on August 15th, the day before he was moving to Puerto Rico. As you can tell, he's getting around a lot, but he's also my most traveled friend during this COVID crisis and the quarantine. He was out on the road very quickly. He was living in Atlanta when this whole thing hit. He had left his job by that point, and he took off on a four-month road trip around the American West. So we talk about his travels. We talk about traveling in the era of COVID-19, what he saw, what he experienced, And it was a really unique experience because, uh, God willing, this is something that we'll never have to live through again. So here we are talking through Zoom. I was in LA. He was outside of Cincinnati at his family's home. The day before, he moved to Puerto Rico. Here's Stephen Chrysanthus. (laughs) Stephen Chrysanthus, where are
1: you? I am in Cincinnati, Ohio.
0: Okay. Sorry. Congratulations. I don't know what to say.
1: Well, I mean, it's pretty close to your hometown. Chicago's not that far away, yeah,
0: I know. I've been to Cincinnati many times. I've enjoyed it. So, is that your home? That's your home then.
1: Yeah, that's where that's where the that's where the adventure began. Yes, Cincinnati is where it all went down.
0: Well, you've been on quite an adventure. First of all, <laughs> we should we should tell people uh, how we met. I know we met in uh, Romania. Yes, we did. Actually, we met out here the first time. With Jeanette,
1: oh, we did, we did with Jetset Jeanette and over
0: Carrie there. and Carrie Morrissey Perry. over in yeah, right in the South Bay. Yeah, and you yeah. were out here in your former position, which was tell people what you used to do.
1: I was the marketing director of the city of Delray Beach, Florida, down there in Palm Beach County.
0: Marketing director, so you handled their tourism.
1: Yeah, all the tourism. I was responsible for all the media and. Um, And for uh, destination marketing, getting everyone to the city and letting everybody know about the city. And also a big partner with Palm Beach County in general to get people uh, recognition for the area and get people to come to South Florida. So we were out there, I think, on a media mission. And we were doing um, an event over there in Marina Del Rey, I think, when we met. um, Right. Yep, we are doing a media event. We had all the West Coast media come and we are telling them all about South Florida and why they needed to be there.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And when did you leave that job?
1: I left that job um, about a year and a half ago yeah
0: yeah okay i remember when you left and then we ran into each other again in romania
1: <laughs> yeah our second meeting was a little farther than our yeah.
0: The, yeah the uh visit bucharest or um
1: yeah i think it was it was a double visit bucharest and visit romania because we did both parts remember i think we did bucharest and then we went on the expedition to the other parts of the country
0: yes yes, yes. that was a lot of fun
1: Oh man, great time. I and mean, we were, who gets to spend a uh, Halloween week over at Dracula's Ladlin' <laughs> Taylor <real fast>? Yeah, <laughs> Not a bad place to hang out.
0: Yeah, your real adventure came when you left Florida. Yeah. quit so the Del I, job.
1: Yeah, yeah resigned, Good six-year run, did all I could do. There were already more people than we needed in South Florida. So yes, left there. And um, yeah, that was, uh, I saw you on my first mission. I left there and drove 3,000 miles from uh, South Florida down out to California on a, on a quite the trip. Uh, for about five months and was out there um, <laughs> yes, we're out there on the west coast with you for a bit
0: yeah you stayed in my buddy's apartment
1: yeah I stayed at you, yeah that's right you stayed at your buddy's apartment I lost myself in El Segundo it wasn't quite my wallet mm-hmm. but it was me yeah I ended up in El Segundo at your buddy's apartment uh, he was nice enough to uh, let me stay because the adventure the Hilton was getting a little old El Segundo <laughs> so, um, yeah and uh, yeah that was a good um, ten states all kinds of adventures on the on the way out to that <laughs> <laughs> that extra, And this,
0: so, yeah, good. No, did, when you drove out, did you make a, a like a vacation of it? You know, because oh. you came out here for you had a you thought you had a job lined up, basically.
1: Yeah, it went, I was I was uh, earmarked um, to be the next marketing director of Marina Del Rey, and uh, it was a natural transition since we were doing coast to coast marketing, and it sounded like fun. Um, so I decided to leave a couple weeks early, um, and I made a big, I mean, a total trip out of it. Like I would stop and. In a small cities, just to have lunch. I mean, after you leave Florida, which that's, that that drive out of there is not a whole lot to brag about. Um, going the northern <laughs> part, but then, uh, but then once you get through like Louisiana, Alabama, oh, I stopped in and saw you know whatever weirdness there was to be had. Small cafes, candy shops from hundred years old, Grand Canyon hikes. I mean, the planetarium in Phoenix. I mean, yeah, it took me three weeks to see that. <laughs> and it, and it, yeah, and it could have been three days.
0: And you were alone through this whole thing.
1: Oh, this was, a, yeah, that was a, a three-week solo trip. Yeah, I mean, um, it was just me and whatever, uh, whatever I could find to do in all the cities. I mean, stopped and listened to live music, some solo concerts in, in Austin when live music was still actually happening. I remember uh, live music. You do? Uh, yeah. I missing memory here. But, uh, yeah, I do remember showing up a lot of people's, so, uh, you know, draft beer for $8. Yeah, I miss it. <laughs> so
0: I wanted to ask you, before uh, Florida, before we get to your most recent road trip, yeah. How many, you worked in Cabo San Lucas, didn't you?
1: Yes, I lived in Cabo San Lucas for three years. I actually ran the biggest uh, beach club there in um, Playa El Medino. That's where Los Arcos is. Anyone that's familiar with Cabo, it's that big arch where certain, every three years you can actually take a boat through it. It's on a lot of postcards. Um, I think you're familiar with it from all of your, uh, your cruising.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's beautiful property.
1: Yep. Full time. Three years in Mexico. I think I only left a couple times. I was uh, Don Esteban at that point, no longer Steven.
0: (laughs) Don Esteban.
1: Don Esteban in the castle.
0: So, give me the the lowdown on working in Mexico, and particularly a uh, very tourist-friendly city like Cabo.
1: Well, Cabo's interesting because you got, you actually fly into San Jose del Cabo and that's a little bit more of the authentic. That's Mexican. different. It, it, it's different. So even though you're, you're going to Cabo San Lucas, you fly into Cabo, uh, yeah. Uh, San Jose del Cabo, which is all about, I don't know, about 35 minutes from actually what people consider Cabo San Lucas, where Cabo Wabo is the beaches, you see all that. Um, and that's more right away. You have, that's an authentic Mexican feeling. Yeah, the old downtown looks like maybe a Western shootout could happen there or something like mm-hmm. that. And then you take about 35 minutes in your Cabo Wavo and you might run into like half of like Hollywood mixed with a bunch of people from uh, God knows where off a cruise. And so you got two different fields. But um, living there, um, really cool because you get the best of both you know, both worlds. You, get, um, you really can find yourself as an American living in Mexico, speaking Spanish most of the time, eating from small mom and pop places, getting your bread from the tortilla. Or you can be down there in Cabo and enjoy all the different luxuries that they made for the Americans down there. But still, like, you still always know you're in Mexico.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so what years were you down there?
1: me think. When I was, I was there, um, I was down six years there, two there. Ooh, it's probably been a good decade since I've been there. So I've been back since there, but I lived there probably a little, about a decade ago. And I've gone back many times since, and I've seen it only become more Americanized. So I really preferred it when I lived there because... As I was describing, there was stuff to do um, that Americans would be accustomed to with uh, the different restaurants and stuff that they that they knew. But um, it really felt... You knew you were in Mexico more than ever. It was not that built up. Um, and I really enjoyed it more like that than I do now.
0: Right. So I, I've only been going there a few years, but even then I can see the, how it boomed. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh. it's crazy how much grew.
1: Oh, I agree with you 100%, Mike. I mean, I, like I said, there was times lulls in the summer when... I was literally me and Sammy Hagar were the only two guys over there buying groceries <laughs> from restaurants. And now, I mean, dude, you can find, you can find YD everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, it definitely changed.
0: I can tell you Sammy did not drive 55 out of that grocery store.
1: Oh no, he didn't. Uh, then <laughs> he does whatever he wants in Cabo. He's kind of like the, he's kind of <laughs> become Yeah. He's, he's definitely a Mexican at this point.
0: He's got to be the mayor of that place.
1: Oh, he is. Oh, him and his partner, um, who's actually a, a well-known Mexican citizen. Um, they are, yeah, those two are like untouchable downtown. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, you go or that area. You don't mess with the Hagar.
0: Were you ever, um, I don't know, I don't know what the safety's like in, in Cabo. I mean, do they kind of stay away from tourists or, or have you ever run well, into any kind of crime down there?
1: You know, as long as you carry a $20 bill, um, you can pretty much get get out of anything. No, I mean, As far as cities in Mexico um, go, and I've traveled throughout, with I'm I'm sure you have as well, I think it's one of the safer cities because you're not connected. The Sea of Cortez is is separating you by 1,000 miles from the mainland, so there's less reason for them to bring any kind of things through there, whatever that may be, that would cause problems. So you do have a lot more safety in that aspect. And the police force... I mean, it's Mexico. I'm not going to blast on the country because I love it, but mildly corrupt. So, you know, you might come across something, but I'm not saying it doesn't hurt to have some extra pesos in your pocket.
0: Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: but um, <laughs> for the most part, I felt as a whole, unless you step off the beaten path, which you could in Cincinnati or Chicago or anywhere and find trouble, I think you're pretty much one of your safer cities in Mexico to visit for sure.
0: Give me your favorite Mexico story to tell. Any any nights in jail, any kind of uh,
1: run-ins with the police? Oh. Oh, for sure. I mean, okay. I I got, I got one for you. So, um, okay. We had, we had, I was having a meeting in the morning and I was uh, leaving my, I was living in a hotel actually. I got lucky. I found a a gentleman from Missouri who had uh, let us literally rent a place in a five-star hotel. So I lived in the Costa Del Mar for like a year and a half. I was leaving the Costa Del Mar and I decided to start with the Pemex and get some gas. I was a little shaky from our little fiesta the night before a little hungover, probably could have used the beer for breakfast. Didn't do that. I was following out the drive out of the gas station and I kind of like nipped the car that was parked and I was kind of like out of it. I'm like, oh God, this is going to be a lot of problems. And I saw a federally in the parking lot and I go, you know what? I don't know what made me do it, but I went. So I'm flying down highway one and he does pull out after me. And I'm thinking if I go over enough of these hills through like there's desert on one side and cliffs and beach on the other. And if I can get over one of them and take a turn off into the desert, I might get away with this. Well, I go down, hit a median, blast the tire off, roll the car into a tennis court of a five-star resort, leave the car there, jump out, go down to the pool bar, take take my shirt off, and act like I'm having a beverage. And then they never got me like <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's That's a true story. That's like a Fletch story. You just come in you grab the waiter tray or something, you know, just like, that's <laughs> yeah, so funny. <laughs>
1: Put it, put it on the underhills, yeah.
0: Wait, the car, the car went into the, the tennis court?
1: Yeah, so if you're going to – all the resorts are blind on your left. The desert would be to your right. I'm flying down that direction. There's a median where you have to go left. I take it really fast. I get the one wheel past it, but it clips the other, which ends up like smashing the wheel. The tennis courts are right down the left and the visitor entry to the right. I kind of wheel down over there into the tennis court area, right where that into there, and then jump out, immediately take my clothes, my shirt off, and go down to the pool bar, order a drink, jittery as they get, looking around like, how is this gonna go? (laughs) Wait My partner calls, he goes, You're late for the meeting. He goes, Oh my god, something's up. I go, dude, I'll tell you about it later. Take notes. (laughs) Well
0: (laughs) Well the cops must have shown up and seen a car trashed
1: went down the hill into the area if you saw the way the resort was positioned once you go down the hill it kind of rolled over they could have gone i mean you never saw a ford focus go that fast mike um (laughs) but yet i was racing a mexican police car so so i don't know right
0: which was another ford focus
1: exactly he might have had hamsters in the the engine i don't (laughs) know
0: what, uh, um, was, this, was this a rental or was this your car? No, that was, that
1: was one of the cars. I Yeah, that was actually the car that I drove all the way from Charleston, South Carolina to uh, Cabo when I moved there, which was another 4,000 mile adventure way back when. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that's a good story.
1: Okay. Cool. I got a whole bunch of them. If okay. The
0: one, yeah. Down. Well, this is what this is. Um, okay. Any other good ones from down there or, uh, you know, then we can move on to other places.
1: Real quick one, since we had a longer version one. I did ride a donkey to a strip club for my friend's bachelor party, and the entrance was awesome. I called it, yeah, they all came out. I came in, you know, just, you know, I I had my sombrero hat on because we always, I mean, you don't like to make fun of the culture, but you know, at that point I lived there. I was so tan, you kind of thought I was Mexican. So um, I rolled, no, I I showed up literally, I I took a donkey um, down the street and showed up at the strip club on a donkey. So that was, I mean, not the wildest one, but always good times in Mexico. Did the donkey
0: uh, get a drink or join the show? That's that's I, the other Mexico we hear about.
1: The strippers came out and they thought it was so cute that I did bring a donkey and they did tie it up there. I did not take it home um, <laughs> at all. It was a friend's donkey. I just yeah. borrowed it. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's
0: a good one. You
1: can borrow a donkey from a friend. I mean, that's, you know, El Mexico.
0: Yeah. So you left Mexico. You went to uh, Florida. You got the gig in Florida.
1: No, I actually, after I left Mexico, I was in Manhattan for... Um, For seven years. I traveled a lot when I was there, but I I was in Manhattan living in the Upper East Side for seven years before I went down to Florida. So now it was 12 or 13 years since I was there then because that would make sense, seven, six here. So yeah, it's probably been 12, 13 and I was in Manhattan for seven years. Um, And then I went to South Florida.
0: Okay, South Florida, Manhattan. Where in Manhattan were you?
1: Um, Upper East Side.
0: Upper East Side. Side, okay.
1: I worked on Wall Street. Um, but I lived on the Upper East Side. I was not too far from Central Park, where I spent a lot of my time in Sheep's Meadow during the day when I was off, and um, I actually at one point had a club in the East Village down um, down off second avenue so um, wow. yeah.
0: so you weren 't there during nine eleven or anything
1: no I, no um, I was not there for that so, okay,
0: yeah. so Wall Street and all of a sudden doing like p r for Del Ray Beach, how does that happen?
1: Well, my like so, I had I degrees in journalism and communications and PR. Like so, my master. Yeah, yeah,
0: one of those, and I tell jokes. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 all right. Look, no had, one's hiring uh, me. Uh, for you know.
1: Yeah. No, just, I had a varied background, like so. Yeah, I had a lot of experience in finance, but also I was always writing. It doesn't matter if it was the boring financial papers back in the day, or just writing uh, creatively for different things, just because it was a passion of mine. And you mix when I went down to South Florida, they were looking for somebody that could not only. Write well and get media coverage for the city, but also understood uh, business because I mean, tourism is a business. In fact, it's one of the largest businesses. That's why I feel so bad for the, some of the cities um, in that area now because you know they lost a the whole season due to what's going on in the world. Not to say that's the worst part of this by any means, but I'm just saying I understand the business of it. And there's a lot of money, so having that combination made me uh, an attractive candidate for that position, and that's kind of how that came about. And, and I kind of like the fact that I got to write and travel and, and highlight not only my own destinations, but have sister cities that we travel to like, uh, Pesaro, Italy. And it just had a lot of facets of what I loved and a lot of things I was good at. And it, and it worked out. It was a good six year run.
0: Well, I'm talking to you on August 15th and you're moving to Puerto Rico tomorrow.
1: I am moving. Yep. Yeah, I have the Uber comes at four thirty AM. I will be in Puerto Rico at my new house by tomorrow afternoon.
0: Now, where in Puerto Rico? Why Puerto Rico? When did this come about? And uh, is it this wisest thing to be going to an island during a pandemic? You can answer all
1: that. I, I, I planned on addressing them uh, <laughs> <laughs> one at a time. Uh, well, let's start with why Puerto Rico. Well, uh, hey, you've been to Puerto Rico, Mike. It's I beautiful.
0: have. It's a beautiful place. But, you know, they've had a hard few years. You know, they had a couple hurricanes. They had um, some an earthquake recently, didn't they?
1: Yeah, I was actually there um, about a month before um, everything started falling apart in the world. And, um, yeah, I was there for a couple of good shakers. Um, uh, nothing really destroyed, but there were some earthquakes. But, but, I mean, you could say the same thing about Florida has earthquakes, South Carolina. There's fires and yeah. there's horrible fires in California today. I mean, you're yeah. sitting there just waiting for somebody to put you in the ocean. You've been oh, just, sure. Hurricanes,
0: yeah. hurricanes are the bigger one there. I mean, that's every year. Um, you never, you've never been through one? even in your, You must have been in your years in Florida I've been through
1: Oh yeah. And I going back and forth to Charleston. I mean, I lived in Charleston right out of college. I was with the college in Charleston. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I've, for sure. I've been there. They're, yeah, they're terrible and you're always out of power and you're just hoping your house doesn't blow away. So, but, um, I mean, they're, the people of Puerto Rico have gone through so much for so long that they really are a strong people. And I think that they take adversity a little bit better than some of the mainlanders do. Even talking to my friends in Puerto Rico, who I'm eager to see tomorrow. Um, they go, the, the, the feel on the islands, pretty relaxed, not like, you know, not relaxed like the world's normal, but we're more relaxed than I've seen. And I've, as you know, I've seen a lot of places recently around this country and they just take adversity as it comes and deal with it one day at a time and still try to enjoy life. So I think that's in a world that doesn't look like it's changing for the, the better too much you know, too soon. I think that's a great place to, to be able to spend your time, your life, be able to feel that normality.
0: And you got work lined up down there,
1: I do actually because um along with my uh, writing, which I, I you know I, I have a passion for, I do own a consulting company, and I have various projects that was had me in Jamaica and Puerto Rico in the beginning part of this year and uh, the project I have in Puerto Rico, which is interesting because I think a lot of people will be interested to know that we will have some new content they won 't just have to watch the same shows on Netflix and Amazon over and over again, is movies are starting production again, and one of the best places to get um, attacks tax credits and tax benefits for shooting a movie is Puerto Rico. Probably one of the five best going on right now, besides like Canada, Louisiana, uh, Puerto Rico, you have Atlanta and Alabama. And so, and the largest one is in Puerto Rico. So films are starting up and part of my, one of my, um, partnerships and projects for my consulting company is helping with the financing and bridge loans of the movies, the Hollywood movies shot in Puerto Rico. So, um, that is one big project that is a reason to be there.
0: Yeah, it's great. And I'm picturing you on the beach. How close to the beach will you be? And how's my room shaping up? Do you have it all decorated yet?
1: Oh, my gosh. Mike, you'll love it. I actually got (laughs) some stuff on the wall so you feel at home. But at the same time, we're two blocks from the beach. So you got that Venice thing that you love that you got (laughs) over there going on. And I got a couple of brews in the fridge for you. So I I think you'll be happy when you get there.
0: (laughs) So, but... Uh, in terms of like work visas and stuff, it doesn't matter like it, they're American citizens, right? So did you have to get any extra paperwork or anything like that?
1: No, no. I mean, it's despite what our current president wants, we're still a territory of the United yeah. States. We have a yeah. post office and all that. So, um, no, there's not. It's like you're going to work anywhere else you'd work. It's and uh, They're actually happy if you can do something that can help promote jobs within Puerto Rico, which having movies there um, and actually... Being uh, produced is going to give more jobs, so they're, they're they're happy to have you on the island.
0: And what is the COVID situation now in because, Puerto Rico?
1: So you're at three hundred as of today. You're only you're at three hundred nineteen deaths total for the um this for the island and twenty five thousand cases. And most of those deaths, like uh, the, um, I mean, the lion's share really occurred in March and April. And now it's single digits. It's been the last uh, couple weeks. Um, so as far as And it is an island, but there is, I mean, I don't, there is a large population in the Puerto, in in Puerto Rico, especially the San Juan area. So I think in that aspect, they're doing quite well. Um, Unemployment a little high, which is to be expected, but um, the COVID situation, they seem to be, the governor seems to be, her lockdown seemed to do a good job.
0: Yeah. I mean, Hawaii is going through the same kind of thing. These uh, islands, especially there, it's more about their hospitals just aren't big enough to handle too big a rush of things you know and getting supplies to them is always rough and that kind of thing so puerto rico's probably dealing with the same stuff
1: yeah and that and that was their main concern was the hospitals filling up because um they had a similar situation with hawaii because actually um when i was out seeing you i was actually gonna shoot over to hawaii and they're really strict on their visitation even from fellow americans on the mainland now puerto rico currently as of today they do want you to have a covid test within three days and have those results if not they will, um, they will ask you to get one and then quarantine yourself until you can give them the results. Now, if you want the honest thing of what's going on there, and I don't, I don't want people to take this the wrong way and kind of cheat the system because I like that, that it's kind of working for the island. I think it's more of a deterrent. I think if you go there, you really just tell them you're going to quarantine yourself for two weeks, and then you, you just you do, you try to be responsible, but they're not really, they're not, they don't have the resources Hawaii does. They literally follow up with Hawaii and some of the people could stop by and see you and they will call you every day. Within Puerto Rico, you're kind of on your good graces over there. So, right. um, so I think a lot of people stopped coming to the Island when they did that about a month ago again. And I think it's, it's worked out for them. Um, so I, I hope that it continues and, uh, you know, they can get back and, to business
0: and they stopped the cruise ships, right?
1: Oh yes. Yeah.
0: And they haven't been back.
1: No, no. And they they had their cruising
0: hasn't really been back.
1: (laughs) I don't think. Well, you would know that more than anybody. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, they're not going. But I mean, uh, I remember Puerto Rico was one of the first places that really kind of shut it down. And, you know, I've been to San Juan a million times because, you know, there's like five, six ships a day coming into that place. It's massive.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that'll be weird going back and seeing a whole lot less um, visitors. But I I mean, actually, I'd love to see it that way. They say, I mean, it's funny. I was talking. They're about, losing a lot of money, but I'd love to see it that way. Well, that's the thing. I was talking to some of the locals there, even small business owners, and they go, they're almost conflicted. Like, they're because they love the island life so much, they're almost like, man, we're missing all this money, but it's so nice not having all these people in our way. So, yeah. it's like they almost want just enough to keep their business afloat and just enough to keep it how it is now with all the, the riffraff. So, yeah, uh, I can could, I could see that.
0: Right. Okay, so… um before you took this job yeah you took a job in atlanta yeah and very briefly you left yeah. from l.a you went to atlanta yep and uh wasn't my bag mike wasn't your bag and then <laughs> so you did a massive road trip in the last couple months so yeah. how when did you leave atlanta and and tell everybody <laughs> where you went because you
1: touched a lot oh. of ground oh yeah this was this one was epic so, um, yeah, I had that apartment after I got back from my previous road trip, I, the one I mentioned, um, before to you and I was in, I left Florida, was in Atlanta. I got apartment down there in Midtown and, uh, uh yeah, I, it, it wasn't my bag there, but I would already just had an apartment and whatnot. So I, I, I still had a place, but I wasn't going to be there. So I, I concentrated more on my own company, which allowed me to be wherever I wanted for the most part, except for, you know, I'd have to come in and out of Jamaica or uh, Puerto Rico, but for the most part, and then when COVID hit, obviously I could have been wherever I needed to be because all the in-person meetings, even on the islands, were canceled. So I go, rather than sit in Atlanta where I never really made it a home, um, let's go have an extraordinary adventure by yourself. Because if you're going to be safe and by yourself in your house, why you not you just as safe and by yourself in the middle of nowhere all over the country in beautiful places? And that's the mentality that I had. So I... Took a flight into Portland, Oregon, where I rented a car, which I told the guy I'd probably be back in five days. And roughly four (laughs) months later, I called him from a different city and said, uh, well, they called me and they go, sir, Stephen, we need your car back. That's literally, we literally will come get it wherever you're at. (laughs) And Hertz was like, we'll we'll literally drive to the address we're at, drop you a new car. We need your car. You've been gone forever, man.
0: How much a day was your car? Like, how much was it?
1: Well, I worked out a great deal because when I got there, um right when COVID hit, no one was renting cars at all. So, I was like the first guy that rolls in like, "Yeah, give me a car that someone's been sitting in all these time. I don't care." And and he goes, "Well, man, we got a great deal. We'll give you it for with all the taxes and everything included about 120 a week for a nice car. I think I had a um 2019 uh, Chevy Malibu. I don't think I know. We spent a lot of time together. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and um uh, so yeah, and they just kept that rate of going. Like, uh, you know, I'd remember to call them every couple weeks. Like, I, like, we figured you were taking it another week, so we're just keeping that rate going for you. I made a good friends with Jeremy over at Hertz and um, <laughs> in West Lynn, uh, Oregon. We've become good friends over over the last months. <laughs> calling like, Stephen, where are you at now? Where you got the car at? How many more miles we got? I'm like, I'm in uh, Bryce Canyon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, name all the places you went. Like oh. the highlights. Give us the okay. highlights.
1: All right. Let me see here. So uh, Boise, Idaho area, which is very pretty, and the land outskirts is great there. Uh, Salt Lake City, Provo, Bryce Canyon, um, Park City, Utah, um, Yellowstone National Park, uh, Grand Teton National Park, um, Jackson Hole, Missoula, Montana, uh, Astoria, Astoria, Oregon. Um, I went. I was in Lake Tahoe. Truckee, South Lake Tahoe, uh, Dixie, Dixie National Forest, uh, the Redwood National Forest, Jenner Beach area, the Redwood south of there, Napa Valley, um, Santa Barbara, Monterey, uh, Santa Monica, um, the Mojave Desert, uh, the Mammoth Lakes, a lot of them, uh, Convict Lake in that whole area, Yosemite, north of Yosemite, I don't know, Mike.
0: You spent some time in go, San Francisco as well.
1: Oh, a lot of time in the Bay Area. Oh, my gosh. And that's probably why, because I, I I'd almost consider that home, so it wasn't even like traveling. I actually, some of the stops when I'd come back on this 15,000-mile 15, trip. 15,000 um, miles. Yeah, that's what, what I dropped it off, I guess, for four, four months. And I I mean, I would jump in the car like most people go down the street to get gas, and without any destination. And later, it would be eight hours I've eaten enough eaten enough beef jerky and had the windows down and went through a whole playlist. And I'm like, you know what? We're all, where are we going to stay in Utah today? Um, so, yeah, it goes like that.
0: Well, there's a lot of people now I'm thinking about doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and the longer this drags on. Yep. And I don't know if that's counterproductive or whatever. You, you know, we're not going to get into that full detail, but you were out on the road pretty quickly when all this started to break. Mm-hmm. Like you were the only guy out there, I knew oh, for sure. While this was all great. you were out there like what? Late March?
1: Yep. Yeah. So I, I mean, beginning, beginning of April. I celebrated my birthday in um, in Atlanta for that day because I stopped back in Atlanta, and then that's when I realized that wasn't going to work for me, and then decided immediately to fly to Portland. So, beginning of April until uh, literally like two weeks ago, uh, and then even I hit the East Coast, and I've I've done a couple of cities over here as well.
0: Right. And you were you're not a big camper, so where were you staying during all <laughs> this? And how hard was it to find a place to stay that I don't know you trusted and where did you ever go into places where you thought your your health might be compromised
1: so yes and yes so every state at that time every state was very different so it wasn't just when you travel like with a sporadic itinerary like I did it's you had to find out what state you were going in if you're going to be able to eat there if they were going to be takeout. So you had to get a little bit idea what was going on when you pulled into the state, and then the cities actually had their own little flavor too, and and they were either welcoming or not. And then the hotels, I mean, um, some of them you had to be there for essential work. Um, luckily, some of them I just told them I was a journalist, and I guess they thought I was reporting important news, so they would let me. I was the only person in a couple hotels sometimes because I go, look, I'm a journalist, I'm going to write on this. I didn't pretend that I was writing for CNN tomorrow, but I think, um, you know, and then some of them turn me away. They go, yeah, that's not essential work. And I go, all right. And I left. And there was whole, there was whole cities that that didn't have anybody at the hotels I would think. And I was a lot, a lot of times I was the only person. And even when it wasn't a hotel that had essential workers, I was at a lot of Hilton's, um, big Hilton fan because I've been using it for so many years. So I'd stop in and I would, they would give me the best room in the place and all that because no one was going to be there anyway. So I got a lot of hospitality, I found out that a lot of the hotels um, really did take the precautions. I mean, from the very beginning, when you come in, I mean, you don't really have any contact with anybody in your hotel rooms. Don't just have that little thing on your bed that says this has been clean. It's on everything, like the bathroom, that, that, that there's little signs everywhere. This has been clean. That's been clean. So you really felt like someone had taken the time and effort that they didn't before to really have, um, you know, the distancing and cleanliness of the hotels at the best that they could. Um, I had pulled into places where it wasn't, um, you know, some little beach towns where I didn't feel that that was somewhere that I'd stay and I had no problem leaving. So you kind of just use your own common sense and it's, it wasn't hard to be away from people because no one was traveling. I mean, even if it was 10 states in that area, I mean, you could literally go um, and spend a day and go through little towns and go walk around and you wouldn't come across anybody really or a couple people from a distance. Uh,
0: what were the heaviest mask masks Wearing cities and the least
1: mask Done. wearing c- easy as it comes. San Francisco, Oakland, California. There's not a homeless person even passed out on this underneath an overpass from a night of partying that doesn't have a mask on. Everyone in the city has a mask on. It doesn't matter where you're at, what you're doing, your affluency, what part of town. In the whole Oakland area, San Francisco kind of bay, but Oakland really. I've never seen more diligent mask workers wears anywhere. <laughs> and the San Francisco airport is better than a hospital. It's awesome. So, um, and then you go to Santa Barbara and then you go, uh, th- th- does anyone read the paper or did we get any news flashes in here? They closed down state street and it's like a party. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. those would say, I'd say those two would probably be on the scale of the, the most until you come back out east where I am now. Yeah. Cincinnati, Kentucky area.
0: Oh yeah. That's a, uh,
1: that's a whole nother animal. We're, we're not get <laughs> I know.
0: Well, I was shocked even in my little trip when I went, you know, going from Santa Monica to uh, Utah, I went yeah. to a, a, a supermarket in St. George, Utah. And I think I was the only one wearing a mask other than the, the cashiers.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's, it's hit or miss though. Didn't you, uh, I'm asking you now.
0: But then <laughs> in Moab where, the, where they were dealing with a lot of tourists. Yeah. They were more, much more diligent. Yeah. But uh, I think, you know, in Utah with the locals, no. That is where I
1: got my first haircut after all those months was Utah. Yeah, they they were open, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. so I guess there is something to be said about Utah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And Idaho, I can't imagine them uh, embracing it that much.
1: I don't. Actually, downtown Boise, which is a very pretty city, um, I got it completely empty. So I walked the whole thing for a whole day back and forth, and they have little places open. And they actually were really good. But I was there, like I said, my, my trip kind of went on a path where I was seeing these cities the first time, like either closed or no one out right when they first started that. So people were, I got to see them, like half of the United States empty. <laughs> yeah, like an, you were down there like full lockdown. It was awesome. I mean, there was no traffic. I mean, I got all those, I saw more beautiful roads. I mean, I took some of the most beautiful highways and not one person on them. I was in Yosemite. <laughs> I'm like by myself
0: well well, like i went there in mid-june to bryce canyon and moab and all these things and they weren't fully open so bryce charged uh an entrance fee but like zion and uh arches did not they weren't fully open yet but they were about to be like mid-june so uh was anybody working at the national parks when it was yellowstone even open when you were there
1: so I got, I actually, the days that they had marked on their calendar, I got the second day that Bryce Canyon was officially like allowed to have anybody even walk in. I was there that day. No one was there. I did the 12 mile hike through uh, the Navajo trail. I, I didn't see anybody all day. It was wonderful. Um, they didn't charge to get in the one um, hotel that's within the, um, the actual park area stayed there and like a kind of it's like a hotel slash cabin looking place over there with teepees outside. It was, Oh, I
0: remember that place.
1: Yeah. Was there, um, so that was good. And then Yosemite, I got the first week they were open. I think mine was day two over there too. I, I, beside, there were, I saw more buffalo and animals just right up on my car and on me than I saw people that entire day. And the only thing was they didn't have the west entrance open, which I thought because I was going to use that to cut through Idaho and back up into Montana. And I had to drive all the way back through the park, which is not like a park in your neighborhood. That was like a whole expedition to get out. So that changed my plans for the day. But that was the, you know, that's stuff you don't know.
0: I found my hardest thing, uh, you know, as someone who travels solo all the time, it was at night, you know, when you want to go have a nice meal or something like that. And you're sitting in your hotel room and then just like everything's closed and whatever's open. Everybody's sitting there in masks and distancing and just it's just not social. Yeah. You know, that was kind of a drag, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with you on that one. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. It's sitting there. kind, of, It's kind of depressing if you go in there. You're all sitting.
0: Yeah. You know, like, I just wanted to eat quickly and get out, you know. Whereas I would probably hang out and, you know, socialize more or something.
1: Well, true. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're a great conversationalist. Um, I (laughs) mean, there's, I'm sure sure people were dying to have a conversation, but at that point you don't know how do you approach somebody? Even if there's somebody like at the end of the bar, you're like, and you're waving and then you're the awkward, weird person, even though you really just want to like some cute human interaction. So I found I just wore myself up with so much um, outdoor activities that during the day and tried to close my drives wherever I got to around sunset Cause I cut and get somewhere cool in that city and see the sunset And by that time, just grab some food, go to the hotel review. Like if you are taking some video or pictures, review those, maybe call a loved one or whatever, have a snack and try to call it a day. Cause it's just was fruitless to be up and by yourself at a place. It's just one any fun.
0: And did you meet up with friends along the way? And did they, cause I know you came down to Santa Monica and I still was like nine (laughs) times out of 10, I would have been like, yeah, you can absolutely stay with me. And, but I, you know, nobody had come into my house. You know, I was still a little weird about it. I mean, do you have, you know, and I'm still I'm sorry about that, but I'm I mean, still- No,
1: not at all. And I didn't expect that. Cause honestly, like everyone, um, no, I, 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 Mike, you're always, you're always gracious. But um, <laughs> uh, no, but I was like, you son of a bitch. I really wanted to stay at your house. Uh- <laughs> no, I was joking. I, I I came down there. I was coming to that area to see you. It was cool. And I, you weren't the first person that did that. I had some really good, some friends I've known. 15 years and um in utah and i was probably two miles from their house over in uh, park city and uh i didn't even get to have some lunch <laughs> so a, more or less the couch was definitely off limits and then um but yeah so it was hit or miss i mean i rolled in san francisco i had a friend there i've known since i was 11 years old one of my oldest uh girlfriends and she uh yeah come on in whatever oregon but then i got to no know and um uh, yeah, hit and miss. I got, I got a nose in some states and some cities and all friends. And, and I respected everybody because we were all don't know at that point what to believe or who our loved ones we're going to see or what your life is outside of like hanging with your friends. So I just came in assuming I'd have to find my own place. And if it was offered, I'd say. Right. So nine nine out of ten times, Mike, don't feel bad. It was a hotel. I think I got <laughs> I got a stack like a foot long of black of plastic cards in my bag from this trip. So you're all right, brother.
0: So did you uh I thought it was the problem was gonna be more or less my uh my clothes optional policy. I thought that was gonna be well, the that bigger was the, issue.
1: That was the enticing part. I thought I was <laughs> in for a hell of an evening, and then all of a sudden he get a little bit of <laughs> <laughs> he's waving the car in front of me all of <laughs> a sudden he's kicking me the fucking <laughs> car.
0: well give me some uh, highlights from that trip anything memorable stand out any, uh, any oh, tales man. that are good
1: Every every day I mean like just looking back at some of those photos I mean um, and since then I've had you know just magazines like uh, uh, Maxim uh, Forbes wanting like just some of the photos I'd sent to him showing where I'd been or they came across them and wanted some of these stories I really really to see the world like that and un- Unencumbered with people, and just it was a perfect time of year. I think of the 120 days on the road, or whatever it was, I think it was 75 and sunny, like all but like three days. So, I mean, I really got to see the like some beautiful things, got some beautiful pictures, and a lot of moments that were not just pretty but spiritual out there in the middle of God's country. And um, I could name so many. I mean, I have to say that hike through Bryce Canyon, which you went to when I got there, when no one was literally there, when I arrived and do that whole day through those spiraling red columns and the holes where, you know, the Indians and their native Americans and cowboys Mm -hmm. have been going there three years. And you can almost take yourself back in time. And you, for once, for a little while for the day, you didn't think about any of the stuff going on that people are just eating up in the media. And I did that so many days, that it was kind of, I kind of lived in a different world. Like the next day I was off in some other waterfall or, or out in a river somewhere in the redwoods. And I mean, I almost felt bad because I knew what was going on out there, but I was having the time of my life. And I rarely, as an adult, do you get to go and spend that much time and see that much of the world by yourself. And <laughs> you could look at it as lonely. I looked at it. as amazing.
0: No. Well, that's great. Did, um, any, like, any car problems? Any run-ins with cops? You didn't uh, outrun any cops and uh, fake you're having a drink, did you, again?
1: I, did, I got pulled over coming out of Dixie. I was flying out of there, right going down and through Utah, and I just, uh, you know, played like, hey, man, I've been on the road for like three months, and uh, I have no destination, and I'm just loving your area. <laughs> and he goes, just just get the hell out of here kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so um, that was it. Um, ran into some rocks, uh, ran to the side of a mountain, but not too much damage over there, and – uh. Over by Lake Tahoe, I was staying with um, a cool friend of mine. Actually, a, an old uh, a friend of mine from SpaceX had a real nice cabin. That was a nice place. He gave me the cabin for a week, and uh, that was nice. But I hit, I ran into the mountain on the side of his house and damaged the rental car a bit on that one. Um, but uh, no, no really bad car problems That Malibu. Uh, you know, Shaving Malibu, two thousand nineteen. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. Aren't
0: there, aren't there limits? I mean, it's I know it says unlimited mileage, but do they?
1: Is that oh, a no, month? I killed him. No, they said <laughs> a limited and I, I devalued that automobile. <laughs> no, it, I literally devalued it. It's awesome. Like the guy loved it on, cause he had the guy from uh, Hertz was like, he doesn't care. He doesn't own the car. He thought it was amazing. He'd call, How far are you from the like rental place now? I'm like 2000 miles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you might've set some kind of record there in four months.
1: Oh, Oh dude. They loved it. They literally, I wasn't lying. They called to get the car back. Yeah, they they go. Yeah, they go. They we got it. We want the car back. <laughs> so, After a while,
0: they might have thought you were stealing it.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I thought. Well, they were doing really bad, and I thought maybe they got a business, and I'd just keep it. Well, it. Was kind of the plan. When I saw you, I think I had mentioned that.
0: Other people, I've heard other people say that that they're thinking of doing that, or they're going to unload a bunch of cars. Uh, they have I to like.
1: I think they were actually going to sell the car. They just, um, I'd had it past the limit of you're allowed to rent the same vehicle without them getting it back. It was like ten thousand miles over an oil change anyway, so I was trying to blow it up. Uh, but but, so but yeah i think they wanted to sell it but um no back to the original one though man like i said i saw ran so many good friends it wasn't always by myself on the trip i ran i got a chance to see friends all over the western side of the united states i hadn't seen some of them from a distance at a park or at a beach some of them you know we had been distanced themselves and i was pretty sure we still did mass and had some great times you know i'm saying the some dinners and, and music and catching up and and then um, just some of the some some of the drive, and this is one part I want to emphasize is the drive through this country, and don't take the major highways. Is some of the prettiest parts in the world really? From one who's and you've been a lot of places all over the world, and I you know I've been a, a good deal myself, and we do have an amazing country we live in, and I don't think people see it because they're always worried about the destination. And you take like 108, the northern part of like Yosemite, from um, that top of California, right into San Francisco. There's probably not a cooler, more pretty drive anywhere. And that's, I mean, you got the Oregon Trail, Highway 1. I mean, Big Sur. I mean, get out of here, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful country.
0: Beautiful country. And that was your first time to that part of the country?
1: My, that part and that intricately. Like, I had been to those. I've be, been, been to 49 and 50 states, and I'd driven this whole country, like, a couple times over the course of my life. But to go, like, never take the highways, and, like, I'd end up in a cornfield lost or something because I just was, like, just driving, like, I, I had nowhere to be. <laughs> you know, I'm saying. Yeah. I just wanted to see what I wanted to see, and um, I think um, I saw a lot of littler areas in smaller, like the smaller cities, like Greenville and stuff like that, in the Redwoods in North. Um, that I, yeah, I hadn't been to before, and it was it was really cool. I, I mean, it's it's a lot. There's so much to do here.
0: So, have you hit all 50 states now?
1: No, you know what? I've been in tie with my brother for about five years. Uh, we, we 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 actually made a point to beat each other to get to 50 states, and neither of us got to Alaska, and we were waiting to do it together. Because, you know, we figured, you know, that's kind of a cool thing. And brothers, we're going to go through our last state together. At this point, someone offered me a flight that landed in Anchorage and left two hours later. I'd go just to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> just to beat him? Just to beat him. Well, I, yeah, I'd pick up a t-shirt and roll out. But um, so, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the only one I have in it.
0: Well, Alaska is a beautiful country. That's a good one to get to. I'm down to uh, 48 myself. Got to get okay. to Montana and Wyoming. And I'm hoping to do that this summer.
1: Oh, yeah, man. You've inspired you- me. Oh, dude, I, I'm glad. I'm glad that you would love it. Just know what you like. I'll shoot up there through Jackson Hole, shoot, and then Missoula. Over there Go some fly fishing or hit the river. Done. Big winner, Mike.
0: Where else would you want to go? What's on your bucket list in terms of countries? Where haven't you been that you've been dying to go?
1: Um, Let me think here. I was actually looking... I, i've never made it to australia you know what i've done a, like you know europe i got south america and middle america covered up in europe so i have not gone to australia and i've only heard good things and i have friends that have actually moved there for a time um I, I i would like to hit the, the island what about like it
0: it's your style
1: yeah okay yeah i know you went there so well, yeah what, what, why do you say that
0: no, it's just, you know what it is? It's uh, the only downside to to Australia that almost it's like, it's not a big culture shock. You know, it's a, it's pretty similar to America. You know, both countries are about the same age, anything older than a couple hundred years. It was all, you know, mostly aborigine and it's been wiped out, but um, it's beautiful. It's just a massive country with, what's that?
1: Talk about geographically. Like, you know, I, yeah, I, I realize that the culture itself. The
0: weather is, is very, it's very like the, the West here. You know, it's a very, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's California-like weather. Uh-huh. Know, Melbourne is much like San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, Sydney's a lot like LA and uh, San Francisco combined with the Bay. It's very California weather. And then if you get up more north, it gets more tropical, kind of like Miami weather. Brisbane would yeah. be more like Miami, and that kind of thing. So I would always constantly, you know, compare it to those places. Like <laughs> Perth, Perth would be like San Diego. That's way the hell out the other side. Yeah. And there's just no one there. That's what hits you. It's like a giant continent. There's only like 20, <laughs> 24 million people in it. There's nobody there. That's California good. has more people than, yeah, than Australia. Yeah.
1: Much well, more. That, yeah. Well, that might be where to, where to go.
0: Yeah. If they, but they're just not letting us in. That's the only problem.
1: Oh yeah. Well, that, that's oh I know. I was ready. Uh, I was ready to hit back to, to Italy, but um, yeah. Friend, yeah. But they're not, we're not invited.
0: No. What's the, uh, is there a country that you wouldn't go back to? like you just said you know i'm over that
1: well there's an island i wouldn't go back to if i didn't like i mean i would go back to it but if i didn't go back to it again i i liked hawaii i thought it was beautiful but i did 32 days in a row and i feel like i did all of i feel like i could (laughs) i don't need to go back to hawaii like i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but but you know me and you like a lot of history and i'm not saying the island doesn't have a lot of history but i'm saying i feel like i explored the ins and outs of that all those chain of islands and there's a whole bunch of other obscure ones I'd like to go to. Heck, I mean, so, but as far as countries go that I don't need to go back to, um, to think I usually find something redeeming in all of them, but one that you don't really need to, I don't know, a a lot of Latin American countries kind of blend together a little bit at some point, but they all got their own flavor. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think, nothing stands out. I I mean, I just, I think I try to find the best in everything. I always keep the good memories of something. So there's always something like, you know, I'd love to go back and see that again or taste that, you know?
0: And give me the weirdest thing you've ever eaten in a
1: country. Oh God, I've eaten bugs and all all kinds of animal parts. Um, Yeah, I'm the guy that'll eat anything. So I don't, I mean, (laughs) I I think I ate some spiders. Um, Where was that? Oh, that was over in... um, where the hell, I was over in the desert by, where the hell was I eating the spiders at? I'm like, God, I get all confused. I ate scorpion too. That's kind of nasty.
0: Is that in Mexico?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then don't, oh my, you know what I did? I, actually, I don't want to say this. I didn't even know what I was doing. You know what? And this is sad. They need to stop it. So you know the people eat shark fin for aphrodisiacs? Yeah, or, yeah. Well, they do. Really the uh, They shoot turtle eggs down in Latin America as um, an aphrodisiac. And I did not realize that when I first moved there. So I saw like, um, I had like 44 employees at my beach club and they were always scurrying underneath the decks when the big, when like the little turtles would come out and they were getting the eggs and shooting them with lemon and tequila. Cause it's supposed to make you fuerte, you know what I'm saying? Uh. And, um, yeah, I had done one accidentally one time because I didn't know that they made take the shot. It'll make you. And I was like, that is the worst thing you could have made me do. Cause I'm <laughs> the totally against any of that kind of stuff altogether. So yeah, probably a, a turtle fetus, not great. Um, I don't mind like the chocolate covered bugs and all that stuff. Right.
0: So no uh, no scary uh, food poisoning?
1: Some heck of a some of stomach aches. I don't know. <laughs> heck, if you're in <laughs> Romania with me, I don't know what kind of parts. I mean, what, I mean uh, <laughs> yeah. between the amount of cheese and like pig organs or whatever the hell they feed you. Over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bring some Pepto-Bismol. Beautiful country. Bring some Pepto.
0: <laughs> uh, so what do you think all this all this uh, travel and all the places you've seen around the world and this country, what has it taught you about people and America and yourself and how has it changed you?
1: I'd have to say it changed me pretty deeply. I think travel and, um, and experiencing other cultures and people is probably one of the things that helped you get the best perspective on who you are and what your view of this world is. I mean, just seeing so many different ways that people treat each other, so many different uh, just, just, the cultures and the way they behave, and, and it's just, it's fascinating. I mean, I think if you think about people, they're the one thing that's ever changing and different in this world. And if you, you're never going to get bored. I mean, let's say you had enough time, and we don't to see every landscape known to man. <laughs> the ever changing human is always never ceases to amaze me, and I think you get to learn from the good and the bad from them. Um, if you wanna, if you you know whatever morals you uh, you go by, but just, I mean. Think about all the foods you would have never tried or athletic events or just appreciation for things that they have so much appreciation for that you never did until you saw how deeply a people found, you know, some kind of love of something. And honestly, it makes me I mean, I hate it because this is my country, but I think Americans need to start traveling in a different way. I think they need to go experience the culture and not go see what a different Four Seasons looks like in Paris, because I'm going to tell you right now, it looks like the one in New York that looks like the one in Buenos Aires I think they need to go and be more a part of the people and not try to um, put them their culture on top of them but sit back for a minute and have some humility and go see because you'll find I think you find a deeper meaning and maybe you'll find something that you didn't see before that it makes changes your life for whatever you're missing or maybe not missing or don't even know you're missing um, I, travels invaluable I think um, I, I will continue to do it till the day I get fed to the sharks or fall off of something or whatever it is. But it's a, uh, It's—I think it's one of the best things you can do with the time you have on this planet. In my opinion.
0: Yeah. And hopefully we can do it again very soon.
1: I, I would love to meet you somewhere else soon, my friend.
0: Yeah. That'd be great. Where can people uh, follow you if they on social media or anything else? Is there a yeah, website? You
1: can, you can off Instagram, probably that's Steven frequent flyer. It's S T E P H E N frequent flyer. Just like it's spelled.
0: Okay. That's great. And if we're ever in Puerto Rico, give us yeah, one tip. In
1: Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah.
0: Give Look us uh, one, one Puerto Rican tip about uh, – so people, like, off the beaten path, so people go down there, what should they see that, you know, maybe we're not going to read about in guidebooks and things?
1: Go up to Arecibo. Um, so you'll, you'll see the major cities in Puerto Rico around the island. And, you know, Rincon is known for surfing. Port, uh, you know, San Juan's known as the major city with lots of history. Go up to Arecibo and do one of those outdoor tours, a hike – where you go into an underground river that goes through caves on an inner tube where you zip line across. there's so many great cool adventures that you can't find all those terrains. like hike a mountain, zip line across to another one, dive off a cliff, into a river that you fl- inflate your own tube, and then go through a series of underground caves in the river that are around for half a billion years. That you can do in like six hours and it's literally like 45 minutes from San Juan. If you go there and you don't do that, you're cheating yourself if you love outdoor activities.
0: That sounds great. I can't believe I didn't do that when
1: I was uh, on a cruise. Well, your bedroom's waiting, stocked with beer and Chicago. <laughs> and whatever else I've, I've loaded up, maybe a señorita. I don't know what i will get. All, All right, I'll take that it. Sure. Fireball. Yeah, man.
0: Well, I appreciate you doing this, man. and Have a, uh, have a fantastic uh, flight and um, transition to uh, yeah. island life and appreciate be safe it. down there, will you?
1: Oh man, I will. I will. I appreciate it, Mike. Good
0: All Steve. right. Thank you. Stephen Christeth this, everybody.